Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, our guest is Kyle Seabooth. And he is the broker owner of Century 21 Limitless and affiliated offices and is one of the top selling realtors in Rhode Island. In 2019, Wall Street Journal Real Trends named him the number one realtor nationwide. He's grown his business to where he now closes over 35 deals per month. So Kyle, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. And hopefully we add some value to the listeners so they can get excited. All right. So Kyle, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? So obviously been doing this for a little bit now. Been in the game for about 11 years and got started got started by doing this part-time and was doing it part-time and said, okay, it'd be really cool to have an opportunity. It'd be really cool to have an opportunity to make a couple extra dollars and sell some real estate and get involved with something that really truly had no ceiling. So was working full-time in finance and then from there transitioned into, again, part-time here. First year in the business, I did seven transactions. After that, really started to get the itch for this and get excited about it. And then, you know, kept doing more and more business every year thereafter. Started to buy a bunch of stuff. So now I have over 200 units. I run seven other businesses that are very profitable and, and do really well and continue to sell at a high level. So it's just a function of continuing to grow, whether it be business professionally or whether it be personally. And I love real estate. So it is what it is. So when you first started, Kyle, how did you get that business rolling, especially doing it part-time? How did you start growing that side of the business and getting the first couple of deals under your belt? It was really started with my sphere, right? So I just started with people I knew, started to market slightly on social media to get the name out there. And I think it was the function of those two things that got it started, that really got it going. And then once I figured that out, I ended up understanding how to do lead generation, whether it was paying for leads on Zillow and Realtor.com or whether it was just me figuring out how to do social media platforms or landing pages, just kind of work through things that way. And that's really ultimately how it worked. So at what point did you start to see more and more growth in your business? And when did you decide to make that transition out of finance into a full-time realtor? I made that transition year six. After the sixth year, I made the transition after I did 191 transaction sides in one year. That's when I made that move from part-time to full-time. I think that was very helpful. What that did was it gave me the baseline I needed monetarily to move forward, You know, not truly worry about finance at that point, just to kind of live. I was, I was okay. As you were starting to grow it and you said you did 190 plus transactions in one year and that helped to make that decision, what do you think was the thing that set you apart from the other realtors that allowed you to do so many transactions and then continue to grow it to where it is today? I think the biggest thing was my ability to be somewhat of a chameleon in the sense that I'm able to relate to people in all walks of life, in all forms of life, in all different demographics. I think that's been very helpful. 
I treat everyone that's a client with utmost respect. I truly appreciate everyone's background and what they did or, and being in a position to buy or sell real estate. So I think that truly comes into play. And I think my ability to think quickly, problem solve, and really help other people facilitate their real estate goals. So today you're now a broker owner of the business. How did you make that transition from the realtor into becoming the broker and owner? And and how did that come about? So broker owner, I got to a point where I said, okay, I'm closing a lot of transactions. I am doing a bunch of real estate, ABC, always be closing type stuff. And I said, I'd love to have some sort of passive income from the knowledge that I've obtained over the last eight years. And I thought about what could I do or how do I do this? And one of the things that kind of crossed my mind was to become a broker. And that was by becoming a broker, it allowed me to now have another way to generate income outside of just me going out there to me going out there to basically sell houses and help people buy and sell real estate. So it was really a nice transition. The brokerage runs really well. We've got 250 plus agents in the brokerage. We continue to grow it. We focus on a number of different things as far as newer agents with training and coaching and teaching and lead gen. We've got a team of agents that are on our lead gen team. Uh, We've got teams within the brokerage. We've got offices within the brokerage. So really diversify well. So can you share a little bit of like, what are the requirements to actually being able to open up the brokerage? And does that make sense for every agent to move forward down that path? I don't think it does. So the brokerage model is ultimately somewhat of a race to zero. It's become a situation where everyone's worried so much about their split that if you can't add value as a broker, if you can't add value as a broker, it's really hard to get agents to come aboard. So if you're not the type of broker that's going to have people gravitate towards you, or you're not the type of person that people are going to follow, I I would recommend staying in your lane, build out a team and go from there. But if you truly believe that you're going to get a following and people are going to buy into what you're doing, then I think it makes a lot of sense to move forward with the brokerage. It is a lot of work. There's a lot of legwork that has to go into it. So it's certainly not just this easy thing. But at the end of the day, it's definitely something that for me, was the next level of my growth. So Kyle, for you, when you were starting to grow in your business and starting to do more and more transactions, you said you started learning like lead generation, social media platforms, and other ways to gain more deal flow. Can you share some of those strategies and what you did to start growing it from when you first started to where it is today? I think it grew from understanding the process of lead gen, truly understanding what goes into it, understanding what the ROI looks like, how to increase your ROI, how to improve as an agent as far as conversion, conversion of cold leads and warm leads and so on and so forth. But I think at the end of the day, it's truly a numbers game. And the more people you get in front of or the more contacts you make, the more money you make. And I think that's the part a lot of folks fail to realize is that it comes down to numbers. And with numbers, it just comes down to at bat. So You want to get in front of a bunch of at-bats and you truly want to help as many people as you can. So I find that's what happened. And that's how you got to figure out what lead gen platforms work in your environment too, right? So that's a big factor. There's a lot of different things and a lot of different areas are going to work totally differently. I found that there's things in our area that works that some of the brokers I talk to down south don't work and vice versa. Can you share some of the ways that has worked for you? and some of the different platforms that have you've seen the most success on? 
So I always say, if you want to buy an apple or bread, you go to the grocery store. If you want to buy a house, you go to Zillow. So I found that even though Zillow's cost per lead is excessive, it's probably been the highest probability of taking a lead from beginning to end and actually closing it. So that to me has been the best conversion rate that I had, which is in Zillow. And I think at the end of the day, that'll continue to be that route. I think it's been overpopulated. You have too many people paying for it and there's not enough lead because there's not enough inventory. So right now is an abnormal time for the program. But I do think when you have 15, 20, 30 other houses in the same price point, the same city around the same size, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Can you share, Kyle, what does your process look like once you get a lead? How do you take it from a lead all the way to closing? What does that process typically look like? So there's automation throughout the process that happens. And that automation is basically automation on us, automation on our end for us to connect with the client. We call it the funnel, right? So when a lead comes in the top of the funnel, there's a lot of leads at the top of the funnel. Until they engage, they don't really connect with me. At that point, after engagement, then they'll connect with me. And then I'll take it from there. And our most important thing that we do is that we try to get in front of the lead in person before we do anything else. So the entire goal is to build the rapport with them. And then once we build the rapport with them, we can kind of take them home. Got it. So as you've been building up your business, Kyle, what has been the most, I guess, challenging part of growing your own business, finding the deals, closing out? And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner yourself within real estate, what has been the most challenging part of this role? I think staff is the hardest part. I think trying to find a good staff that's loyal, that's there, that cares, that can put the time, effort, and energy in to help you grow versus hold you back is ultimately the hardest thing. And I think there's a lot of trial and error that goes into that. And I think that staffing piece is one of the pieces that continues to be a struggle just because you're dealing with human nature and you're dealing with humans and you're dealing with emotions. And it's the part that if I could clone myself and have 15 of me, we'd be in a good spot. So how are you seeing the market in today's real estate environment? Has it changed a little bit? We know a lot of the interest rates have been rising. There's a lot of fluctuation in there. There's a lot of talks that inventory is not really there. People are holding on to their houses much longer. What are some of the things that you're seeing in your market and things that you're hearing in the industry? So I think we're in a huge bottleneck, a huge bottleneck. And the bottleneck, when is it going to stop? I'm not sure. I think at the end of the day, the bottleneck's a function of people that are scared to move because they think rates are too high. And because rates are high, they don't want to get rid of their low rate on their house. So they're not going to make that sale. I think that at the end of the day, you're also seeing a situation where folks, the first time home buyers, they're immune to the rates because they don't know any better. But what you are seeing is the fact that there's not any investment properties out there that people can flip. There's very limited flip opportunities. There's also very limited multifamily. So 
it's a function of someone or some sort of catalyst, whether it be the federal government, whether it be some sort of system or grant or credit or something we can give the sellers to make them more aggressive to sell. But we've got to do something about the catalyst. So as a realtor selling the single family homes, but you also work with investors as well who are looking to, like you mentioned, the multifamilies and some of the other investment opportunities out there. How did that come about for you? And how did you start getting into that space as well? Say that again. So you not only just work with single family homeowners and in the single family space, but you mentioned also you work with investors as well, looking to purchase like the smaller multifamilies, other types of asset classes as well. Just wanting to understand a little bit how you got into that side of the business, not just in the single family as well. Yeah. So that side started, that's kind of what's been the bread and butter for me is to build a good rapport with investors, right? To become an investor so I can relate. So that was a big factor to become an investor on my own. So I can actually relate to what investors are seeing when they're out there. So it's been super helpful. It's been a situation where being able to talk the same language I find is, is a really good situation because that investor now has, you have credibility with that investor. And I think it's credibility that brings them back for more and more and more and more. And and that's what we're seeing. So it started out by building a relationship with all the investors that flip or all the investors that buy and hold in our local area and then continue to build on it by becoming almost the investor's choice for real estate agents. So are you seeing now in today's market as things continue to grow within your portfolio and the transactions that you're doing? Are things kind of slowing down a little bit? What are some of the things that you're seeing? It's certainly slowed down. I think it's certainly slowed down across the board. I think at the end of the day, it's definitely a situation where you have to make the best out of, make chicken soup out of, you know why. And I think that's what we're working with right now is being able to diversify our business, being able to really sharpen our skill set to get more business and focus on lead gen, whether it's organic or inorganic. But there's definitely been a a massive slowdown in overall activity. And we've done a nice job by offsetting that. And by offsetting that, can you elaborate a little bit more, please? It's a focus on proactive lead gen, meaning at the end of the day, we're going to make the phone calls. We're going to do the open houses. We're going to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to get in front of as many people as we can. And I think that's what it looks like versus just sitting back and waiting and hoping the business comes to us. We're going out there to get the business. So what's next for you, Kyle? The next thing for me is the brokerage continue to sell at a super high level, working on increasing the brokerage as far as agent count and transactions and also volume. Working on, we've got a private lending institution that does really well. Also from other sides, we're working on some other businesses, ventures going to take off and really, really excited. And then can you share a little bit about the private lending side of the business and how you got adventured into that side of things? The private lending side is what we do is we lend money to folks that are looking to buy and flip and buy and hold and investors that are looking for fast cash. And I think that's what it comes down to. So we see a lot of that. We lend out at anywhere from two to three points up to 12 to 14%. And I think that's been really good. So how has real estate impacted your life? It's been a true key to success for everything that I've done in every other space. So I can't thank it enough for giving me opportunities that I never would have had if I didn't get started in this. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, Kyle? 
At the end of the day, I think the one thing I knew now is that I should have got started earlier, right? I think it's a truly no ceiling, limitless potential. And I think that's really something that we should all consider. And then is there one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing that you can share with us? It's definitely consistency, process, procedure, focus. I think those are the things that are really important. Can I follow up with a question really quick? When you're looking at your processes, especially as you've grown the business to where it's at today, how are you able to look at the processes, create and establish those systems and places to be able to handle the transactions, the volume, the staff that you've grown it to as well, team members? What are some of the strategies you've utilized in order to grow that side of the business? I think it's uh, standard operating procedures, getting things in place, making sure people have SOPs ready to go, making sure that what we're doing is where we have a standard, a process for everything and everybody knows kind of what's going on. It's just really focusing on that and getting a situation where at the end of the day, the staff knows what to do in each situation where there's no thought that goes into it. It just kind of flows. All right. Thank you. So Kyle, where could I listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? So you guys can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Again, it's Kyle Seabeth, K-Y-L-E-S-E-Y-B-O-T-H, S-E-Y-B-O-T-H. And I'm really excited on Facebook and Instagram. I'm over there. So I'm focused and hopefully enjoy it. Awesome. Kyle, thank you so much for all of your time. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.